You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. No slurp, we're in the nursery, and it's just not possible. <laughs> I can think of some funny things right now, but we're going to go on. <laughs> Danny Covey's with me, and Danny, it's been a great week. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, spending the time. Uh, Scar Tissue is the book that he's written and talks about his uh, life experience of having eight open-heart surgeries and how God's bought, brought him through that and the experience he's had. How many pages to your book? It's about 265 pages. That's about 205 too much for me, but I'm going to give it a good read. <laughs> I was going to make a pop-up version, but uh, yeah. it's coming. Do you have a coloring book? It's coming. Okay. <laughs> I've got a guy here in the church who can help you. Alan Stewart can help you with that and uh, do it really good. Uh, he's made Captain Canada. He can make Captain Heart, heart Surgery. Mm-hmm. So something like that. Anyways, you've met some incredible people on your journey. Tell, yeah. tell me about some of the people you've met and some of the impact they've had in your life. You know what? Uh, I, I I mean this sincerely. My dad, hmm. just his example, watching my parents go through this with me, and then understanding that as a as a parent now myself, I've had some amazing doctors who have been patient, who have championed me on, championed me on, who have seen me from age one to age eighteen when I graduated out of Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, Ontario. So there's been a number of people along the way that have been cheerleaders, that have been support, that have been encouragement, that I absolutely could not have gotten through this without them. Yeah. You mentioned a guy to me um, when we were in pause, uh, Bizarro. <laughs> tell, tell me about Bizarro guy. So my um, brief background, my friend Tyler was getting married. And one of the men in his, uh, one of his groomsmen was a childhood friend of his who had been through multiple surgeries and very difficult surgeries. Uh, To what I understand, more than 10 surgeries. He'd had a tumor removed behind his eye. Mm. He'd had a lot of suffering in his life. And Tyler wanted me to meet his friend because he thought, hey, you have similar backgrounds. The two of you can connect. And so I met his friend. And immediately, as we began to talk, he's saying, why did this have to happen to me? Right. I didn't deserve this. Why couldn't it have happened to somebody else? And it quickly became a very difficult conversation because yeah. I'm seeing God right in the middle of this challenging life, the suffering that I've gone through, and God has been with me, and I see purpose in it. And he's sitting there saying, why me? And I'm trying to encourage him, hey, God's with you. But he didn't want to hear it, and he did not see it. Wow. That's the difference of Christ. Absolutely. And when you don't have that peace that passes all understanding. And I mean, can you imagine not having Christ and facing that surgery eight, ten times? And we talked, I think it was on Monday, we talked about, you know, the assurity that you had that if anything happens, I'm I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with Christ. And I've had a great life and, you know, I'll spend the rest of eternity. He didn't have that. No. He had an uncertainty of, of possibly hell. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like I, I 100% believe there is purpose in our suffering. And somebody asked me, well, how do you get through? Apart from Jesus, you can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you go through difficult things 
believing there's a reason for it and not seeing Christ in that. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Anybody else that you've met that you would say really struggled? Yeah, there's been a number of people that um, some of the people that struggled aren't here anymore. Mm. And some of the people that have struggled as a result of having heart surgery have had other health issues from that. And life has not been the same for them. Yeah. I've heard said that when a man has a heart surgery, it it does change that man. Do you think you've been changed at all by those surgeries? Absolutely. And where I see it is you, you are number one, helpless. Yeah. You are everything else. I say it this way. When you go through any kind of trauma, whether it be cancer, heart surgery, or the loss of a loved one, your world gets very small. Mm. You're, in my case, my world became about how am I feeling in this moment? Can I get on to the next moment? You don't care about work. You don't care about extraneous things. Your world gets very small. And as you recover, your world starts to open back up and you're willing to broaden the things that you can do. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hmm. I want to ask this right. Have you had opportunity to lead other people to Christ or share your faith in such a way that you think that people have accepted that and made a difference in their life, either got saved or really started to think about the Lord? Yes. And what's interesting, when you go through difficult things, it gives you an incredible platform where people will listen. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people in my life, I'm sure in your life, in other people's lives, they're watching from a distance. They're watching how you go through things. And with my last surgery, I wanted to be very intentional about being public and about sharing what I'm going through because I knew I have a lot of students that I teach in the art program. And these students are far from God, mm. They, but they're watching. And I've had opportunity to meet with them and they're asking me, you talk a lot about God, or I've seen you go through this. Tell me about that. Yeah. And it's given me tremendous opportunities to share because people see suffering. They see difficult yeah. things, and they listen. It's not the natural response for people to go through this. It, that, that other guy, Bizarro guy, that's the natural response. 100%. Why me? Like, why, why do I have to go through this? Mm-hmm. The question is, why not? Yep. You know, why Why would you be any more special than anywhere else? And and I get what they're saying. I'm not being unsympathetic because mm-hmm. I, I probably would be there too at some point and wonder, you know, how much how much more can I endure? And, you know, with the uncertainty that this could happen again, I got to go through this. And that helpless feeling as a man, you had, you had helplessness. You were dependent upon others. Mm-hmm. You were weak. Um, your wife had to become both mother and father. Yep. Um, there's always the you know financial aspect of how are we going to make this financially, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. So there's a lot of things at play there. Yep. And as a man, that, that's very hard sometimes to overcome. Um, how do you, again, it's the Lord, but is there anything that you can point to say, well, this is how I would answer those questions or I would you know, get around those things? I think it comes back to, like I, I, told, I told my wife this, and this sounds like a pretty audacious statement, but <clears throat> I, I believe I'm only useful to the Lord to the degree to which I've suffered. Because mm-hmm. when I endure difficult things or when we go through difficult things, that's where God shines most brightly. Wow. And so 
when other people, like my bizarro friend, yeah. as I call him, yeah. my challenge to him was, well, what if there was a reason? What if, you know, maybe God's trying to get your attention or God wants to speak to you? There's that possibility of what if. And that what if is really, what is this teaching me? Right. It's what's in this, not why me. Why me is very internal. The what if it opens up a whole door of yeah. opp opportunity. Yes, that's awesome. I love that statement that, you know, in, in your weakness, you're the strongest for Christ. Yeah. Because that's because it, it has to be him, right? Yep. You don't have the strength to recover. You don't, no. you don't have the strength to make yourself well. It's got to be of the Lord. And we say, well, the body heals itself. Well, no, there's an, there's an element of the Lord in that healing for sure. And I, I know the answer to this for me. When you go in the hospital, you've had people, I mean, your wife puts on Facebook, your parents put on, you know, newsletters. You can tell when people are praying for you, can't you? Yes. Yeah. When I was in the hospital, I was in intensive care for blood clots. You can tell that people are praying. So when those when those prayer requests go out, don't just pass them on. Take that time. Take a few minutes. Well, I I got to I got to share this story. So when I was 14, um, I had a lot of internal bleeding. I was, they were concerned I would die. And so our church here in Ottawa, when my dad pastored, they started a prayer chain. That prayer chain went around Ottawa to different churches. I met a man recently who recognized my name from 33 years ago. Wow. He was at a pastor's fellowship in Ottawa and remembers hearing about this teenage boy named Danny who was having open-heart surgery and needed prayer. And now to meet him 33 years later and to walk with him and talk with him, that's God. I remember as pastor of the Bible Baptist Church when we got down on our knees in our church and asked God to help you and help your parents. I remember that. And a lot of my folks didn't know you. I did. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't know your parents, but I tried to tell them as best I could. And when you hear that a kid is having that kind of surgery, mm -hmm. and that moves you. Yeah. And those folks prayed, and, and when you as a pastor can get up and say, hey, your prayers have been answered, God's will was for him to remain, and there is a joy that comes in your life to know, I, I had a part in that. And people would ask, does that prayer make a difference? You know, we, we ask people to pray, does that make a difference? I believe it does. I don't know. I don't know all the aspects of that, but God tells us to pray, mm -hmm. and He talks to us about that inopportune woman who kept coming and asking and coming and asking. Finally, the judge said, "Okay, okay." And I think sometimes that prayer, though, is not necessarily just for you. It's for us to exercise our faith. And this is the prayer I pray. And and you tell me if I'm wrong or if it's something you'd add to this. When I go into the hospital, I remember as a young preacher, people say, would you pray, pray for my child that God, you know, heals them and raises them up. And, and I would pray. And I had times when that person died. Yeah. And people say, but we prayed, we prayed. And I had to learn to say, Lord, this is our will. This is what we want. Yeah. God, please answer that prayer. But God, if that's not your will, we ask for the grace to be able to receive that and know that what happens is better. And we have to realize that for a Christian, death is better. Yeah. We're, we're heading towards death. We're all looking forward to that because there's only one way to get to heaven other than the rapture. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And so we try to avoid mm -hmm. that. And I understand. I get it. If it was my kids, I'd be begging God for their life. My grandkids, I'd be begging God for their life. 
But at, at some point, we do have to realize that maybe it's better. And that's a hard thing. Yeah. Do you, do you understand that? Do you, anything do you add to that? You've preached, but God. But God. But if not. And I remember that. Yeah. And I will say this. My, my parents, when I was at 18 months old, were praying that I would live despite a 20% chance of, of living. And they had relatives saying, you know what? You got to prepare. You got to yeah. be realistic. Yeah. My parents did plan my funeral mm. just in case. Wow. But my mom's act of faith was the day before I had surgery, she went to the shopping center and bought me a sweater. Nice. That was, and I look at that, that's faith in action. Yeah. That's doing something. God, you're going to heal my son. But if it doesn't happen, yeah, God prepared. be glorified. Wow. Oh, I wish we could talk to your parents. I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear from them. Maybe we'll do another podcast sometime with them. But yeah, they're amazing people and they're very humble people. And here in the church, the church dedicated a meeting room, a prayer room to your parents. And I think that's very fitting. Mm -hmm. They're great prayer warriors. And I think be, because of what they went through with you and, and your siblings as well, they went through things as well. Mm -hmm. um, they become great prayer warriors. And I, and I think that's another thing that God does in these times, allows for that connection. And if I had to have surgery or my grandkids had to have surgery, I think I would be calling them and saying, hey, you know exactly yeah. what we're going through. Please pray for us and help us. And um, have you ever gone to the hospital with other people that are maybe their kids are having the surgery? Have you gone? Maybe someone else having the surgery. You've gone to help them. Have you done that? Yeah, actually, recently. Really awesome. There was friends of ours. Their son was rushed to the hospital with, uh, he was having seizures. And I told my wife, let's get in the car and go. Wow. And we just went to be with them. And this sounds strange. I feel very comfortable in a hospital. It's like my second home. Yeah. So I'm not intimidated by being there. I feel very comfortable there. But just being there. And that's actually an area of, of ministry that I would love to get yeah. more into is just be there. Yeah. Because people are in crisis. They just need someone to pray or a warm person just to be there with yeah. them. I think there's a psychological term for people that like going to the hospital. It's called Bizarro Man. <laughs> <laughs> bizarro guy. Um, my father-in-law, when I was a kid preacher, I called him and I said, I, I don't know what to do. I'm going to the funeral home and I, I want to help this family. What do I do? And he said exactly that. He goes, just be there. Yeah. You don't have to say anything. Just be there. If they, They'll know you're there. And if they need something, they'll ask you. And I would go and I would just pass out Kleenexes. I would take the candy dish around. I'd just say, hey, if I can help you. And that was a great help. And, and I have, as a pastor, many times gone to a room, just mm -hmm. sat in the corner, you know, prayed, and just let that family know that there was somebody there. I think that's excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah, and what I would add to that is when people are in the hospital or they're in crisis, do something. And a lot of times you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. That something might be, Hey, I bought you a parking pass to the hospital. Oh, awesome. Or it might be, you know what? I'm going to go mow your lawn while you're laid up. Mm -hmm. Do something practical that on the surface, it may look like a small thing, but it's a thing that says, hey, I care about you. Yeah. We had a lady in our church and she had to have a liver transplant and they were, she was going to be in the hospital for, I think it was a month or 60 days. And she had to go downtown Toronto and the parking down there is astronomical. Yeah. So we did, our church brought, bought them a parking pass. We bought them some gift cards to restaurants in that yeah. area. Um, our ladies, I think most churches do that, prepare meals, yeah. you know, for the family. Um, 
if it's a child, you can go over and sit with that child so mom and dad can go out and get a break. Yep. Sometimes that's much needed. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you to do that. Wow, amazing. The book again? Scar Tissue. And you can get it from anycovey.com. Mm-hmm. And on Amazon? Amazon.com and .ca. There you go. Please order today. And uh, please get to know uh, Brother Colby. Are your interviews from CTV, are they online? Yeah, everything is on my website. I've done a number of different interviews and podcasts. They're all available there. There you go. One-stop shopping. There you go. God bless you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being faithful. Thanks for listening for 30 years. (laughs) Thanks for coming to the nursery. All those things. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.